Hey ladies, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Trisha Stefankiewicz, registered dietitian, nutritionist. On our episode today, I wanted to spend some time talking about sleeping and really lack of sleep. I know that I've had periods in my life where I don't sleep at all and I think I sleep and then I realize that I don't. And perhaps you are in a place where that is happening to you related to a whole bunch of things like, you know, maybe you still have younger children around like I do. Perhaps you are getting into these early, early ages or stages of premenopause, postmenopause. Perhaps you have kids that are older and you're up late worrying about them, or perhaps just the state of the world and what, what's going on. Maybe that's something that is really tapping into your sleep. So I wanted to talk about sleep today because I think a lot of times I've talked about it in the past that it's important, but I really wanted to dive in deep to really understand what happens to your body when you normally sleep and then what happens when you don't get the sleep that your body actually needs. Just as a warning, this is going to be a two-part series. I didn't want to keep you hostage to the podcast for a longer time. So this episode kind of talks all about the logistics of what's happening in your body. And then next week, we'll go more into the lifestyle part of it. So that way, I could kind of give it equal justice to both because I think they're both really equally important. But I do think it's really important to understand what actually happens in our bodies, because I think so many times when we talk about it again, it's oversimplified. So I wanted to just kind of dive into that today. When we talk about sleep, I think there's this this idea of like this whole weird thing with sleep culture where sleep in itself differs and the priority of sleep differs according to what country you live in and different cultural perspectives. In an overscheduled or over-prioritized country where everything is like so fastly paced, sleep is often a byproduct of, of everything and then usually is not something that is made a prioritization. And if anything, a lot of times, especially in the States, it seems to be that sleep is glorified as a way to get the maximum results, but you end up burning the candle at both ends and you're not really taking the time to recover or do the things that you need to do to get better because it's almost seen as like the superiority for people who don't really sleep. So in general, I think the sleep culture varies. And then it also, if you're in a country where it is seen as like, uh, you don't really need it, then it's really hard to take the time to see the benefit of sleep. So in doing that, I was trying to find out any research about how much sleep in the United States most people get per night. And so I found a Gallup poll and all of this, the links for the different things we'll talk about are going to be in the show notes. So essentially, I guess the gist of it is, is that over time, Americans, we sleep less than we used to maybe, you know, 60 to 80 years ago. The um, statistics show that 59% of Americans get seven or more hours of sleep at night, 
but there's a 40% population that gets less than seven hours. So they say typically Americans average 6.8 hours of sleep at night, and that's down from previous years. In a culture that values that values work, it's probably not surprising that we we work longer hours, we spend more time awake, and we have this like weird stigma around surrounding this idea that sleep is not really that important and that you're kind of like lazy if you sleep too much. I suspect that other cultures are like that too. So just kind of knowing that each country probably has a different value placed on it when it comes to sleep. And so from the perspective of the United States, that kind of seems to be where we're at. It might be a little bit slower now because of the pandemic, but I think for the most part, it can be seen as a bigger issue, like let's work, 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 or it can be seen as an individual issue because you have a lot of stuff going on in your life, particularly maybe right now or your stress there that is keeping you awake. So let's talk about what happens when you don't sleep as much as your body needs. So I think we all know the short-term effects of lack of sleep. Typically, it will be that you are distracted. You may be fatigued during the daytime, needing adequate cups of coffee or tea to keep you awake. You will probably feel like a low level of alertness. You're just kind of like, ugh. And when it comes to health, wellness, and self-care goals, it's harder, harder to meet the health goals that you want to do because it's going to be, you're going to be tired. So it might be harder for you to feel as motivated to do the things that you want to do. I mean, I can't tell you how many times for myself or for clients that sleep is something that's in the way of making progress. And so sleep does that when you're, when you're not sleeping enough, it just kind of takes a toll on our everyday health. And I think it's like this thing that we know it's in the back of our mind, but it probably plays a much bigger role than we really give it. We really give it credit for the long-term effects of lack of sleep would be high blood pressure, diabetes, heart attack, stroke, obesity, depression. You're more at risk for becoming infected or getting sick because you're worn down because you haven't slept, and then an increase in a stress hormone called cortisol. And as we progress through this episode, we're going to talk about why that has a long-term side effect. So now that we know just kind of like the basics of sleep culture, how it varies in different countries, what the short and the long-term consequences are, Let's really start talking about what happens to the body when we sleep. And I think this is really what isn't really talked about. I think a lot of times, like we know what it feels like when we don't sleep, right? We all feel this immediate sense of we don't feel the same. And if we do it for one day or for two days or for three days, we know that chronic defective, right? And I think we all know that that it's linked to different disease states, but maybe not to the degree or the etiology of why that is. So let's really dive into that today. Sleep is considered essential to the human body, right? So sleep is as essential as eating and drinking and having enough water, all of those things. And so sleep is something that 
is, is part of that process too. It's just as important. There's lots of different things that happen to our body when we sleep and that only happen to our body when we sleep or create some kind of balance to our body when we sleep. And so because of those things, it makes it essential for it to happen all the time. So many processes necessary for the body to function optimally occur when we sleep. So one of the things, I don't know if you know, I didn't know, is that with your brain, there's lots of toxins that build up in your brain during the day. And when you sleep at night, it lets those all those toxins be removed. And what that does is it affects and it helps your cognitive status. It helps with your memory. It helps with how much you learn and are able to problem solve. So you may have noticed that if you've had a day that you didn't sleep that great, that might have been something that you really struggled with. You might have been just not being able, you might have been easily distracted and not able to learn, just having a really hard time because sleep is going to be the thing that's going to help remove those toxins and really help rejuvenate you so that you can get to a place that you feel like you're normal and that you've slept enough. In talking about brain health, let's also talk about the emotional health and the benefits that happen to the different parts of your brain when you sleep. So sleep is a time that you are able to have this relaxation and different parts of your brain are able to, that are able to regulate emotions are really tapped into and kind of like, there's just different things that happen during that time when you're sleeping that really aid in having emotional regulation which then in turn helps with your emotional health when you wake up from your sleep. Really important is that your body needs sleep to repair so many things, including muscles, release of hormones. It needs cells to grow. They break down and then they regrow. So think about if you're doing like a really, like a workout regimen that you're using a ton of like weights or something, right? And so your body needs time to repair those muscles. Those muscles aren't going to just go and, and get stronger. You actually need your you need them to break down and to regrow. So that's going to be part of the process of resting because resting is going to help make that happen. And sleep, and more importantly, is going to be something that allows that to happen. We're also going to get into just in a couple of minutes about the release of hormones because this is something that is really, really important. And I don't know that we've ever really talked about it when it comes to lack of sleep and how these hormones become imbalanced and then how that affects you because it affects you more than you, than you probably realize. Your sympathetic nervous system is also able to relax during this time of when you are getting adequate sleep. So your sympathetic nervous system is linked to this fight or flight response. And so if you're able to sleep at night, then you are able to relax that fight or flight response and also decrease any cortisol levels that are circulating in your blood that may be high. Other things that getting adequate sleep or sleep does at nighttime is that it has these hormones that are released 
that promote rest and calmness. And so if you don't sleep at night, then you don't have those hormones aren't released to promote that rest and calmness that you desire. And then lastly, before we talk about the importance of these hormones, sleep allows you to have this release of cytokines. And cytokines are important in fighting infection. So you want to be able to have these cytokines release because you want to decrease your risk of overall infection. So that's a little bit about what the body does in itself when it's sleeping at nighttime. It has these benefits. I think that we focus so much on what the body, we focus on what happens when we don't sleep, but I just wanted you to kind of take it in a different angle about what happens when we do sleep so that we can really see what that imbalance of things and hormones looks like for your health. So during sleep, we have these hormones coming back to the hormones here that are able to be regulated and and able to become balanced. But when we have a lack of sleep, we're really getting to this place that those hormones get disrupted or out of balance. And then these hormones really impact us in terms of what it does to our health, wellness, and self-care goals. So two of the hormones that I'm sure that you've heard me talk about on here before were ghrelin and leptin. So again, remembering what the hormones do, the hormones are really there to... So as we've talked about what happens when you sleep, you have these hormones that are released or regulated, and they really help promote wellness in your body, essentially. But what happens is, is when you have a a time period where you're not sleeping as much as you normally sleep or your sleep is disrupted, especially if it's over multiple days, our hormones get disrupted and they become out of balance with lack of sleep. And then these typically, these hormones have an impact on our health efforts. So the first two hormones, we're going to talk about four of them. But the first two hormones that we're going to talk about, we've talked about on this podcast before. Those hormones are related to hunger and they're related to hunger and fullness. And so these hormones are called ghrelin and leptin. And so ghrelin is this hormone that is considered, and you may have heard of it being called as a hunger hormone. So ghrelin increases your appetite and tells you when you're hungry and ghrelin at nighttime, it typically rests, right? So like all your body ghrelin is resting, but if you're sleep deprived, ghrelin will, will turn on at night and make you feel like you are hungry. Leptin is the other hormone. So that is the hormone that allows you to feel full. And when you are sleeping at night, it allows you to kind of feel full, right? But when you have a lack of sleep, there is an imbalance of these hormones with an increase in ghrelin and a decrease in in leptin. And so what happens is, and the result of this imbalance is that you may feel hungrier, but you're not quite able to get full. I know that's happened to me, so I suspect that probably has happened to you to you as well. And so what happens is, is that it's 
there it ends up being this complicated process of this imbalance of you feeling like you're hungry when you're probably not and not being able to be satiated or to feel full because of this imbalance of this ghrelin and leptin. It becomes complicated also by you may be awake longer because you're not sleeping. And so now here you go, you might be eating more because your body is having this imbalance and it's telling you that you're hungry when in fact you probably aren't. And then you may be moving around less and you may be having this decrease in energy expenditure because you may be feeling like sluggish and you're just kind of like not really awake. You're not really active. You're just kind of like in this time period at nighttime where you're probably just like sitting on the couch trying to rest, but now all of a sudden you're feeling hungry and you're not able to quench the fullness of anything that you eat. And so what that does is, is that hormone imbalance creates more that you're eating more. You're not being as physically active. And what tends to happen during this time of this hormone imbalance with ghrelin and leptin is that the foods that you crave are going to be things like higher calorie foods. They tend to be higher calorie, higher fat. And we notice this in studies. We see we see this, this change that happens with people who start to eat this way and start to have this change in their hormones. And it's in comparison to those who slept well. So if you sleep well, then your hormones are not as out of balance. And so you probably won't see this whole feeling of being awake at night, feeling like you're hungry, and then not being able to get enough to, to quench the fullness that you feel. The less you sleep, the more junk food you create, the more junk food you crave. The less you sleep, the more junk food you crave. There have been studies that have shown that people who slept fewer than seven hours of sleep at night were in this place and they had like stimulations in their brain that were seeking a reward that they really started to have this increased desire for refined carbohydrate foods. And that would be foods like cookies and chips and just like your your high sugary, salty, fatty foods that we all love. So there is some kind of, there's something happening in your body in terms of ghrelin and leptin when you're not sleeping at least seven hours of sleep at night in terms of having some of those hormonal changes. What also plays into part than this is there's two other hormones, right? So we've talked about ghrelin and leptin, but the third hormone that we're going to talk about that happens or that kind of disturbs your, that leads to some kind of hormonal disturbance with lack of sleep is insulin. And insulin plays into this because you've all heard insulin probably in the context of diabetes, but insulin is something that is really helps regulate blood sugar levels. So insulin, so when you eat food, right, the food that you eat breaks down into the sugar that you need to get into the cells that are able to be used. But what happens is, is when you don't sleep that great, you can get into this place where you become insulin resistant. So you can't convert the carbohydrates that you've eaten from food into your cells And the result of that is leads to weight gain, excess adipose tissue around your belly, and 
All of these things are worsened by a lack of sleep. And chronic insulin resistance causes other diseases to occur. So think about it. If you are somebody who is not sleeping and you're having these these hunger and fullness hormones that are out of whack, and so then you're eating more and you're eating more high-carb foods, and then you become insulin resistant, right? So you're then going to be able to, you may gain weight, you may have more adipose tissue around your middle. All of those things are going to put you at risk then for diabetes, polycystic ovary syndrome, fatty liver, anything like that. And so why sleep is important is because sleep protects against insulin resistance. So far, we've talked about these hormones that are impacted with lack of sleep. So we've talked about ghrelin, we've talked about leptin, and we've talked about insulin. Remember, insulin is a hormone. And how insulin is going to is going to not work as well. It's not going to, it's going to lead to insulin resistance, meaning that you're not going to be able to convert all the carbohydrates that you need into glucose so that it can be used for energy. And that is going to result in weight gain. It's going to result in excess excess adipose tissue around your belly. And it can lead to diabetes. And that could be because you're awake longer, you're eating foods, you're eating more calories, you're storing more fat around your your adipose area or adipose fat around your middle area. You could be at risk for polycystic ovary syndrome. And all of this thing, like all of these hormones are all, they're all protected when you're sleeping. And this is really going to happen a lot when there is this chronic lack of sleep. And and so far, all those things increase your risk of diabetes, increase your risk of overweight and obesity. All of this, I'm trying to show you that they all come together. So all of these hormones so far, these three come together in creating and being a place that that is going to be putting you at risk for different diseases. If you don't sleep, because sleep is really the only way to protect your body against these hormones having this imbalance. And then the fourth hormone that we're going to talk about is cortisol. And I know that we all have heard about cortisol. Cortisol is another hormone that is released when there's a lack of sleep. So we want to have cortisol in our bodies, but like anything, when you don't sleep, you have too much cortisol. And then that can be bad because that leads to inflammation. And that also leads to putting you at risk for other diseases. And so these are the four hormones, right? We have the ghrelin, the leptin, the insulin, and then now this cortisol. And cortisol, we all know of this as being our fight or flight hormone. And you can have it, but typically at nighttime, it will rest a little bit, right? But if you're not sleeping at night, you can have an overproduction of it. And then this is when it gets bad and it can lead to like things like different diseases, like it can lead to anxiety and depression. It can lead to inability to manage stress. It can lead to having high blood pressure and stroke along the lines of inflammation. Inflammation is linked to obesity. So having too much of cortisol, because I know that there's all these things about like anti-inflammatory foods and decreasing inflammation in your body. But one of the ways that you can do that is to sleep. Sleep is one of the 
is a really great way of keeping all of these hormones in check. And especially when it comes to cortisol, again, you want to have some cortisol, but it's when you have an overproduction or too much cortisol that's going to have these problems. One interesting find that I found about cortisol and having too much of it is that when you have too much cortisol, it decreases collagen production. And so it actually increases wrinkles. So if you ladies are someone out there and you haven't slept that well, and you look at your face and you're like, oh my God, I have some wrinkles. It's from the too much cortisol from lack of sleep. So when we talk about all these hormones, I think the goal for all of this is to really start to think about how you can balance it. Because all of these things are linked together with chronic disease development, right? So there was a study done that I also put this in the show notes, and it's a consensus statement, really. It's not a study. It's a consensus statement from the American Academy of Sleep Medicine and Sleep Research Society. And basically, they were trying to really promote the recommended amount of sleep to promote optimal health in adults. And what their study said is they broke it down into different disease stages. So their overall recommendation was that the goal is to sleep at least six hours at night to reduce your risk of chronic disease. But there was this gray area between six hours and seven hours. So they said the goal is six hours, but seven hours of sleep per night is better. And so at the end of the, of the paper, the consensus was, the recommendation was to sleep seven to nine hours each night of sleep. So we know that there's health benefits from that seven to nine hour window. And so they didn't really study if that over that nine hour mark, because they looked into it and they felt like at different time periods and different times in, in your life that may benefit you, other times it may not. So there was no consensus statement for that. But when it came to disease risk, what they found is that individuals who slept less than six hours per night in a 24-hour period had an increased risk of cardiovascular disease, so that's your heart disease, and also high blood pressure. They found in general, if you slept less than the recommended seven hours of sleep at night, your risk of getting sick was higher you had a decline in your mental health, you had a decreased cognitive performance, you were more at risk for developing cancer, and overall mentality, mortality was higher. Also, one thing that was interesting was that people who suffer from chronic pain and who slept greater than seven hours had decreased pain. And so the recommendation for all of this was to try to maybe get at least six hours of sleep at night, but really the recommended amount of time to sleep would be seven to nine hours of sleep. So now that we've talked about sleep, we've talked about the sleep culture, we've talked about the lack of sleep and what happens short-term and long-term effects, we've talked about what happens when you sleep, right, all the really good things and all the repairs that your body is undergoing. And we've talked about the four different hormones that get disrupted or out of balance when you don't sleep, in particular, ghrelin, leptin, insulin, and cortisol. And we've talked about really the the benefits of sleep and what the Academy recommends in terms of sleeping. I want to 
really concentrate on our next episode of how to make this happen. There's going to be lots of different things that you're going to hear about sleep, but ultimately what it comes down to is the goal is to get enough sleep or to balance those hormones that are out of whack when you're not sleeping, making sure that one of the things that really gets into play is and helps with sleeping is healthy diet and exercise. So we're going to kind of on our next part of this, so part two, we're going to talk about ways, lifestyle ways to, you know, what foods are involved that can help lead to sleep. And then also how to get adequate sleep. What does the sleep environment look like? So now that we kind of have a little bit of the background of sleep, we're going to get into some of the things that you can do to control your sleep so that you can get optimal sleep so that you feel better and that you're able to reduce your risk of diseases. So thank you so much for listening today. I look forward to sharing more and more information when it comes to sleep. I think that this is something that's very, we don't talk about enough. And I think when we do, it's just like oversimplified, like everything else when it comes to health, like, oh, you just sleep more, but like, how do you do that? And how do you create a sleep, like some kind of sleep routine? So we're going to talk about that on our next episode. So I look forward to seeing you guys back here next week. And thanks again for listening and be kind to yourself. I'll see you next week. If you found value in this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Being a busy woman or mom doesn't mean that we have to give up on our health, wellness, or self-care. Together, we can take tiny, imperfect steps towards creating the whole health we desire and deserve. You can find us at wholehealthempower.com or on Instagram at wholehealthempower. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.